0: you there, Josh? Are you there? Good
1: morning, good morning, good morning.
0: How are you, man? I'm ready
1: to go. How, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. I'm in a, I'm in a really good place, Josh. I'm, I'm really happy. I'm, 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 I'm hating that Oklahoma is playing this early game and has been in this early time window during this run in the Women's College World Series, but I'm really... I'm really pumped about the way this postseason has played out, and I think I think part of the reason, and I just discovered this after you know spending this morning looking at the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I think part of it is because I have stayed off Twitter a lot today, <laughs> and and yesterday, and I stayed off Twitter all day on Saturday, and I I think I just retweeted a few things here or there. I I've been I've been pretty good of staying out of the social media world, but then I quickly realized ah, we got a show this morning, at least you know for a bit. I better I better catch up and see what's going on. And oh my gosh, <laughs> I got a I got I think it was Hey Erica, I think it was um, Brooke who had reached out during the game uh, and said you better not be on Twitter during the game today because. You're going to lose your mind. And I was not, Josh. I stayed off. And then I obviously waited and waited, and I got here today. The disrespect, the uh, I don't know what the best way to put it is, the jealousy, it is very high. Is it not about the success of the Oklahoma Sooners right now?
1: Would you expect any different? Uh, Here's a program that – has won back-to-back national championships in, in all the games and championships they've won over the past decade. And it looks, Plank, based on what we've seen this season and throughout this College World Series so far, it's going to be a massive shock if Oklahoma doesn't win a third straight. So right. it, it's not shocking. It uh, comes with the territory.
0: I guess, I guess maybe I'm too close to it. That's what it is. I just have to accept that. Right, I'm around these people. I see how incredible they are. I know what their heart. I I feel like I've got a pretty good feeling of where their their hearts are and where their energy is. And it's it's not in showing people up. It's not in you know playing the game the wrong way. They are they are truly out here to to win championships and. Again, if you don't want to get into the faith side of things, that's fine. But they obviously feel like they're here to spread a a larger word than softball and wins. So, Jocelyn Alo, one time, we were celebrating the 2021 championship. And I was actually with Gabe. In 2021, the hate was still you know pretty pretty high because we all get tired of teams that win i mean it's just it's natural in sports and especially whenever you add to it Josh that the women's college world series is right in Oklahoma's backyard that adds that adds to the disdain right um in your opinion would you say that you know Oklahoma has reached that level where <laughs> everyone's just tired of them winning, so that's why they're upset. Because what what Jocelyn had said was, I'll never understand how people can't like us. And she added, we're into Jesus and S." But it's, I guess maybe to a certain extent, you got to look at it. I I think someone had hit us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line whenever TJ and I were hanging out last hour and said, hey, I hate the Golden State Warriors, so I get it. (laughs) Right? I can't stand the Patriots, so I get it. But there's also a part of me that even, even for a team that I can't stand, there is that certain level of respect. There's not a Spygate situation going on here with Oklahoma. There's not a Houston Astros tipping signs or anything of that nature that's going on here. They're winning games with the best players and the best coach. So I don't, I don't know, Josh. I mean, I guess this is just that whole – you get tired of the team that wins it over and over and over again, right? That's what we're dealing with.
1: More than anything. And then the rest of it is trying to find reasons to justify why you're tired of the team that keeps winning the thing. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. And that's where you, you get coaches and really fans out there that want to throw these accusations that somehow Oklahoma's not playing by the same rules as everybody else. Oklahoma is playing by the same rules as everybody else. They're just better than everybody else, and people want to be a part of better.
0: People want to be a part of better. So we've got a good 30 minutes here to kind of chop things up, maybe maybe a little bit more. OU is slated to arrive at 940-ish, and we'll jump down, and I'll get my my pregame with Coach Casso, and maybe we'll have a better idea of who Oklahoma is going to throw. But, Josh, you've watched every game. You and I have talked, I would say, some this weekend. What's kind of been your major takeaway as we're down to the final four, Oklahoma-Stanford, uh, Ball v. Kennedy, potentially, Vaughter v. Uh, May. Stanford has struggled offensively. Oklahoma got enough against Stanford to move on and then blew out Tennessee, and then Tennessee bounced back, eliminated Oklahoma State last night, and so you get Tennessee-Florida State tonight.
1: Well, I think for Oklahoma's behalf, the offensive explosion versus Tennessee, incredibly impressive for them to do that again on this stage. And it kind of felt like they survived the grinder versus Stanford. And then once you got through that into the winner's bracket, they just unleashed the bats, man. Second and third inning, we saw a buzzsaw from Oklahoma, which we know this program's capable of doing. And my question now going into this, this morning would be probably – I don't know how you could go to Vodder over Kennedy in this first game. I think obviously Stanford will will go Kennedy. Can't she duplicate what she did in round one versus Oklahoma? That's tough to do versus OU.
0: And then how do you play it? You know, how how do you play it then if you're Patty? Are you, are you going for a knockout blow and you're like, let's go with Jordy, or do you realize – Hey, when we get into a series, if we get into a championship series, when we get into a championship series, however you want to look at it, you're, you're probably going to need May and Starocko or maybe even Kirsten Deal. So do you go ahead and get them that experience here today against Stanford or do you basically say, let's not deal with, with anything here. As, as great as the Kennedy story has been because no one was real familiar with her whenever they came in, Stanford has only had a handful of games on TV this year, and they hadn't played on ESPN until the postseason. So do you just kind of step back and say, you know, we don't? Oh well, I, you know, I bring that up with Kennedy because people haven't accepted how good Jordy Ball has been, right? No one has really uh, realized just how good Jordy has been because they're talking about Kennedy, and everyone has seen Jordy. But my my point is, Josh, do you just go ahead and say, all right, let's go for this knockout blow, Jordy? We saw what you could do against him. Uh, They put a couple of people in position to score twice on you, but you shut them down. Do you just go for the knockout blow here in game one, or do you go with Nicole May or Alex Straco and know that they're all American-type pitchers that can come and get you a win here today?
1: I don't think there's a wrong answer at all for Oklahoma. I think if you went Jordy Ball, that makes perfect sense because she's been dominant throughout this Women's College World Series and uh, probably – you can make the argument gives you the best chance for said knockout blow early today. But then the other side of the equation is, Nicole may has been incredible. It's not like this is some dangerous, super risky decision to go with Nicole May. And projecting forward, I can certainly understand and see the argument that, okay, Jordy Ball's gotten a couple of games here and, and we want Nicole May ready for this women's college world series championship series as we project forward. So because of that, I'm sort of leaning you go, Nicole may, but again, I don't think there's a wrong decision.
0: Um, it'll be interesting. We'll find out probably here in about, uh, 15 minutes or so, maybe, maybe 20, maybe 20 minutes or so from coach Casso. But I, I think that's going to be the fun storyline leading up to today's first pitch. So I'm, I'm in the I'm in the same position that I think many of you are you're playing with a little bit of house mustard uh, someone said mustard on the text line and I looked right at it so you're playing with a little bit of house money here I'm very much Ron Burgundy here this morning yet. House I'm not, mustard. house mustard I'm a, I'm only one cup of coffee in so far today my voice isn't quite warmed up yet uh, you're playing with a little bit of house money and why not you know, take take advantage of that opportunity to get May some time uh, and and get her acclimated to pitching here. She's pitched here twice already in her career and has had kind of mixed success. But why not? And, and here's the other thing. Stanford hasn't shown yet that they have an offensive attack. Stanford hasn't shown that they're going to put runs on the board. They've had one – Sydney Steele has been the only hitter that's done anything consistently – for them in this postseason so far. And I, I guess that might be a little bit unfair because, you know, their leadoff hitter is really good in Taylor Gindelsberger. So I, I – that's a two-person lineup. And any of these four pitchers for Oklahoma should be able to hold Stanford at bay. Can I, can I throw one more hot take in here on Oklahoma real quick before we move on?
1: Sure, absolutely.
0: I think they're going to hit – Either pitcher well today. Agreed, I really do. I think that if it's Kennedy or if it's Vaughter, I think they're going to have success. Now, Saturday, Thursday was a completely different world, and we all were losing our and we lost our minds yesterday watching Kennedy throw her what one hitter against Washington. It was amazing, but I just I got the sense, and DJ Sanchez talks about this a lot. She's really good. She throws really hard, but we really haven't seen that off-speed from her yet. And at some point, when you're just – you can throw as hard as you want, but when you can't mix it up, it's inevitably going to be a problem. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that plays out today. All right, let's get a break. Let's stay on the clock here. We are at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. A, an early start today for the Oklahoma Sooners, first Pitch coming up at 11 a.m. So for those of you that keep asking, "Where's the broadcast? Where's the broadcast?" We will be live on the ref. So we're coming up at 1400 a.m. and 99.3 FM. So uh, even if even if my pal Crystal Cody is looking for the broadcast, Crystal, I got you right here, 99.3 FM and 1400 a.m. It's also available on the Varsity network app 2. So you can simply, because I don't think we're allowed to stream it on our app, but I do know that is it will be here in Norman on our flagship, 99.3 FM and 1400 AM. In the meantime, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll hear from Coach Gasso. We'll, we'll read your early Knippelmeyer texts, and we'll get first pitch coming up in about two hours from now on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Josh, we do have a little bit of portal news, though, that we, we need to get to at some point. I'm sure Parker and Steelman will be all over it coming up at uh, noon today. I'm sure that, you know, it's, it's got to be a tough balance, right? Oklahoma plays at 11 a.m. So, you know, whenever whenever I bolt out of here, is it a softball show or does it become, you know, talking about these transfers who are added to the Sooner this weekend or are, are, are baseball uh, recaps. I don't know it. Which way are you going with the show today?
1: Probably a little bit of everything. All of that, I guess. But I would imagine it'll be softball heavy. I would, I think it's going to okay. lean that way. Sort of a platform for everyone to watch live with us, right? I, I can't do play by play, obviously, but uh, you can chime in and uh, can, can I ask a dumb question?
0: Live? Because Arnie always freaks out about this during the Super Bowl. Have you ever heard of anyone that has gotten in trouble for just, like, watching a game and saying, all right, so here comes Jennings. Let's watch this. I'll kind of give you some of the updates uh, the no. pitch misses low. I've never heard no. of anyone ever getting in trouble for that.
1: I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, at this point, it might not even – maybe you could just do play-by-play. Maybe maybe that's not even really uh, against I mean, the rules.
0: Literally, what is the difference between these people doing play-by-play like they do on Twitter and you having to just sit there and kind of you know talk about what's going on with it? I mean, is there really – is it that big of a difference in the world? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but it, I mentioned on the transfer side of things – from from your perspective, Josh, Oklahoma got something they needed in the portal, and uh, I believe it's what Philip Pierre, the big defensive tackle. I think it's Pia. Pia, okay, the big defensive lineman that was out of Utah State, and you know you continue to add that depth on the inside where you get the kid out of Tennessee. So now, how how did you say the name again? Pia. 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 So you add Philip Paya to the mix, uh, and Terry is the other player from Tennessee. So what do we, what do we know about the additions to the Oklahoma Sooner football roster, giving them some much-needed depth?
1: Well, Dejon Terry's got uh, quite a bit more production to the name. Paya, I think, uh, has one of the most interesting stat lines from last season: two tackles, one interception, blank. <laughs> which, uh, of course, we, we know is a a common stat line for defensive linemen. So you've bolstered your, your ranks up front a little bit, and now defensively, what have they brought in? I think it's nine defensive players out of the transfer portal and six of which play up front. So they've they've definitely addressed edge rush, defensive tackle, just defensive line in general has been a big point of emphasis.
0: They needed it. And in in Pye and Terry, I think you've got – We've got a couple of beefy dudes. I don't know much about them, except what I've seen people write about them. It's not like I was watching a lot of Utah State football and evaluating the interior of the defensive line, but you need depth there. You need some bodies, and I think it helps. I don't, now I'm not, I know sometimes anytime there's a portal addition, it immediately becomes this guy is going to take over the world. Not always the case. But, Get someone to help out the Isaiah Codes of the world on the interior, Josh, and let's see if Grayson Halton's ready to make that next jump. Um, and and I don't, I mean, do either? Do, are both projected as tackles? Is Paya more of a of, of an edge guy? I mean, have we really kind of dove into where they're going to be on the DL?
1: Yeah, no, I think they're both interior. I think guys. they're both too. Yeah, yeah, d- defensive tackle types. So with uh, with those two and Sears, you've you've went out and gotten some guys that and uh, Lacey, I think probably right. Projects uh, – mm-hmm. maybe he's more of a mix him around kind of guy but uh, you've went and found some players certainly that that can pair with uh, with a co and, and help you yeah. out inside
0: yeah no no I, I'm um, I'm the exact same way in you Josh in realizing that kind of because when you brought in Lacey it was the first guy this offseason to commit so it kind of got lost in the shuffle right you, <laughs> you go out and you bring him in and when you start talking about all the transfers that they've added, it's like, oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> and then when you, you, you think about, you know, you just bring it up, Sears, I would completely forgot about him. And now you add two more guys out of the portal to go along with, you know, a handful of players, Co. Halton, you know, we'll see who else can step up on the interior. You know, when we saw Oklahoma go to those three-man fronts when everyone lost their minds last year – what was the biggest issue? They didn't have a game-changing dude at the nose or however you want to describe that interior defensive tackle uh, in those alignments. They didn't really seem to have that guy. Well, now you got a series of dudes who you can rotate in there, and who knows? Maybe one of them really develops. i got to tell you something. I, I mean, I'm really excited about Lacey. <laughs> I don't know about you, Josh, but just having uh, having seen uh, and heard some of the things that have been said about him and even talking to some former Notre Dame people, they they seem to think he's got a chance to be pretty good. Now, I'm not I'm, – I'm real careful because when you say they're pretty good, sometimes that goes from, so is he going to be an All-American? I don't know. But I, I can't help but like what Todd Bates has done here in the portal and Brent Venables to try to beef up the interior of that defensive line.
1: Well, and you've went and found some names that at the very least are, are going to – help the depth conversation to go along with Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe and Gilliam and Halton. So Oklahoma needed a little bit of help inside, and they probably needed a automatic talent infusion. Whether or not that's going to be somebody that goes out and gives you 20 tackles or a couple of TFLs and sacks, we'll see if one of those guys does. Then right. it's, it's job well done. And if the other two guys help you out, reps in, in practice, guess what? You need that too.
0: Can we hit a couple of texts here, real quick? So I, I wanted to make sure I fit in at least a couple of thoughts on that. OU adds some some beef to the interior. You had the um, you had the elite camp this weekend for for OU football. A lot of offers that were handed out. Um, it's going to be a very busy Steelman and Thune at noon, and then you know locked in is coming up at two o'clock this afternoon. So you know, I, there's no other station that commits as much resources to recruiting as the ref and there's really right now at this point in time no one more clueless about what's going on in recruiting than me. So that's why I count on Parker Thune coming up at noon and then he and Tyler at 2 o'clock. Is that a fair way to put it, Josh? Yes, that's that's fair. I'm kind of, pardon the pun, but I'm kind of locked on Sooner's softball right now. So Whoa. Look what I did. Hey, by the way, Jim and Arlington, to your uh, text, I've had the same problem. And I've done the one thing that everyone tells you to do whenever anything isn't working as far as apps are concerned. I deleted it, and I reinstalled it. (laughs) And that has seemed to fix the issue for now. But, yeah, I was having some Varsity Network apps, Josh, where the ad would play, and then nothing would happen. And as my man Don Christie says, the advertisement always works on anything. YouTube, videos, uh, apps, the ad always works. The content Oh, uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah, and guess what? If that content doesn't work, let's yeah. check out another ad. There's going to be me. another ad
0: that's going <laughs> to roll on it, too. Sooner Steven writes, Plank the Japanese see the Washington coach, pitching Kennedy, uh, picking Kennedy's pitches yesterday. Is this a common practice in softball and coaches? First time I ever saw it was yesterday. ESPN was making a big deal about it. I feel like if OU did this, the outrage would be nationwide. It also did not help. I just found it interesting. Yeah, I was calling the game, actually, Sooner Steven, and uh, Destiny Martinez and I noticed it right away, and – they moved Heather Tarr, who was the head coach in Washington, was their third base coach for the first two innings. And then in the third inning, Lance Glasso, their pitching coach, was coaching third. Now, that's a common practice between the two. But he was standing down the line, and he'd see her grip. And then when he'd see her grip, he'd make like a thumb out or I'd give three. And the first time I saw picking pitches that – what's the word I'm – egregious was for Oklahoma – in the Women's College World Series in 2016 when they were playing LSU, and Beth Tarina was like running down the line, telling her hitters what was coming from Paige Parker. Again, it doesn't work. I know sign stealing is frowned upon in, in baseball, but when you're standing right there as a third base coach, you know, it's not illegal. There's nothing against it. And Sooner Stephen, it actually happens quite often. Now, I, I, told, I never heard – you have – in the early season this year, you had, I think it was Loyola Marymount who had pitchers yelling out the signs. Right, it was like one, two, one, one, three, one. I've never seen that, but that that changes every inning, so that's hard to pick. Uh, from the nine one eight, they write, uh, I guess home field advantage doesn't apply to OSU. Yeah, Oklahoma State, Josh. I mean, I listen. It's it it's hard enough for some of you all to handle, you know, two uh, two to three hours of softball talk. But I think if I started diving into Oklahoma State and saw what happened there, uh, there might be heads that explode because I I don't know, dude. I don't know what happened there. I have no idea. Um, you, You go down the stretch, you're one of the hottest teams in the league, in the world, and then you lose to Iowa State and you proceed to lose 11 of your last 13 games. You get in the Big 12 tournament. One of those losses is, I mean, we were on the air whenever they blew that game against Kansas. Remember that on the Friday? Oh, yeah, of course. We had a guy that stopped listening to the show because I couldn't stop going back and forth between our top five stories of the day and what was going on during the Oklahoma State implosion down the stretch. So I I don't get it. They were in a tough spot. They were in a tough spot uh, last night. And I'll tell you what, it is, it is, I mean, Oklahoma fans kind of probably get a kick out of it, but it's kind of shocking to see what happened to Kelly Maxwell and how the bottom fell out. Some think John Barkfeld is retiring, and maybe that word started to spread, so it caused a few issues for Kelly Maxwell. But regardless, they uh, it did not end how they thought. Let me, let me read these, these last two. Okie Drink Slinger writes, if you listen to social media, OU is ruining the game. They score too much. They celebrate too much. It's because they play at home. It's exhausting. And then there's this from Lindsay who writes, I expect to be hated, but I do not like some of our celebration. When Brito slammed the bat, it was totally taunting and is a penalty in any other sport. We are better than that. She did the same thing last week against Clemson, Lindsey. Brito's a fiery player. I don't think there is any – see, that's the thing. I got a DM from uh, our buddy Ed Strong about it. He's like, don't you think that's a little bit much? I mean, no. I guess I don't. It's not taunting – she didn't turn to the Tennessee dugout and start the DX crotch chop. Everything she did was to fire up her teammates. And Oklahoma was in a spot where they were starting to take that game over. And if you've watched a lot this year, there's been moments where Oklahoma has been in position to take a few games over, and it just didn't happen. So, to me, I, I didn't have a problem with it because she's done it all season long. I understand. I understand. It's like, oh, we're better than that. But that's who they are. That's that's what – I don't want them to change anything. I don't want Brito to suddenly not get fired up whenever she draws a walk. I want her to be excited about it because it gives Oklahoma an opportunity to score some runs. All right, the Sooners have shown up. we got to take a break. I'm going to run down and get my pregame with Coach Gasso and hopefully be able to join you right back here near in about 20 minutes from now. In the meantime, take a time out. It's the Plank Show on the road at the Women's College World Series right here on the home of Sooner fans. All
1: right, let's see here. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. Let's see here. 11 o'clock first pitch. That means we can get the run rule in by what time and be off to the Women's College World Series championship series
2: think right at noon (laughs) we'll pass noon I think make it it quick I I think it's gonna
1: take a little bit longer than that (laughs) I also am not expecting Oklahoma to uh, run rule today but uh, I do expect Oklahoma if it's Nigel Kennedy which I can't imagine it wouldn't be Kennedy in this first game season on the line for Stanford and after all the success that she had versus OU last Thursday that seems to be the the obvious angle for Stanford right let's go to Kennedy hope she can do the same and who knows maybe if uh, Stanford's able to pull the shocker could it be a marathon day for Kennedy they've got Vodder too who's uh, in All-American and uh, obviously had a a really nice performance uh, versus uh, Alabama so you've got two arms that you like if you're Stanford but if Kennedy rolls through this first game, is there any chance that they just see how long she could go in the second game too?
2: Yeah, I say I think you got to throw her both games. You don't mess around if you are Stanford. Obviously, you gotta you gotta focus on beating OU the first time, which is going to be extremely hard because these OU hitters have seen her three times already through the lineup. Going back to the last game, they made some adjustments uh, later in that game, much better at bats, but she was giving OU problems either way. But I think she's your only option if you're Stanford.
1: And I know softball's not like baseball in the sense that if you uh, go out there and throw 100 pitches, you're done for the next day. Kennedy having thrown 95 pitches and going seven innings yesterday is good to come back. But having said that, back-to-back days, then the third game – Does the gas tank start to run empty a little bit? I would imagine so. So I just wonder if and when you get to that point, how much candidate will we see before we see Vodder? And then uh, what does that hook look like? Elimination game season on the line, I expect Oklahoma, and I think we saw signs of it at the end of last Thursday that with the the string of hits there for – for Torres, for Boone, and obviously the big 0-2, two-out hit for Jada Coleman to play a couple, there were signs that Oklahoma was starting to solve Nigel Kennedy just a little bit. Now, that's a tough thing to do because nobody's really done that uh, all season, and certainly in this Women's College college World Series, she's been tremendous, but th- there's no lineup out there like Oklahoma, so it's that's going to be the battle within the battle that will be fascinating to watch. Here in just uh, a little over, little over an hour. Well,
2: with Candy, that's a pitcher you're not used to seeing. I mean, that kind of speed, seventy-three to seventy-four. Josh, it's really hard to get your timing it down when you're used to see, when you're used to seeing uh, high sixties, and to see what Candy was doing, man, she was throwing heat all day long.
1: Here's a, a good thought, via the super secret. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Travis uh, has checked in and says, I know that Kennedy had a month off and she's a freshman, but she throws harder than anybody in the field. Back-to-back games just doesn't seem feasible, especially when Oklahoma will purposely try to run up the count on her. Well, and definitely not a full set of back-to-back games, you wouldn't think. I also don't think you're going to play a second game, though.
2: I don't either. But that's still I mean, that takes a toll on your arm. I know it's different than baseball, but still, when you're throwing that many pitches, I mean, it's hard. And the, the
1: emotional stress pitches that are going to be out there. It's not just, hey, let's go throw 95-some-odd 95, 95 pitches. It's going to be high-stress, high-pressure situations, uh, 11 a.m. turning into the afternoon where it's heating up out there. Then game two, it's going to be right at the, the warmest part of the day. So you got to mix in the the heat and the pressure. So all of it combines to, to be pretty difficult. What about for Oklahoma? What uh, direction do you foresee the Sooners going in the circle?
2: I think that's the big question we've seen these last uh, – going back to yesterday, the talk about it uh, – this morning to see who OU has on the mound. Do you go Jordy again? Is she is she tired yet? No, no, she's
1: she's good to go, <laughs> yeah, man. A uh, couple of couple of days rest in between. Yeah. So she should be full gas tank, rested, ready to roll. I for me, I don't think there's a bad decision. I, I said it earlier with Plank. You can't go wrong if you opt for Jordy Ball today immediately knockout punch, let's go with the ace. let's get this taken care of, jump into the Women's College World uh, Championship Series. Because guess what? You get, what, another day off tomorrow. So it's set up for Jordy Ball to have thrown each of the first four, if you want to go that route, for Oklahoma. But do you think a little bit projecting forward here and say, you know what, it's important for us to give the ball to Nicole May, let her go win a game for us, guide us in this Women's College World Series before we get to the championship finals. I can make a good argument for both.
2: Yeah, but I don't think you mess around if you're OU. Jordy Ball has gotten you through this tournament so far, so I think you stick with her.
1: So you're saying, Jordy Ball, let's go for the knockout punch early. I'll
2: do it right away. I don't like playing that if game if you go to – a next game, because if you get to that, then dude, anything can happen. So I go right to Jordy.
1: No, and that's that's a, a fair fair point. the The other end of the equation would be if you've got Jordy Ball waiting in the wings for game two, and all of a sudden it takes this, you know, another Herculean performance from Kennedy to pitchers duel you through game one to a win over Oklahoma. Again, it, how much is Kennedy going to throw in game two? And then all of a sudden you've got Jordy Ball versus Vodder, which maybe there's an edge there. But I don't think that it's a bad decision if you choose to go Nicole May anyways. The knockout blow, we're saying, hey, go for the knockout blow. Well, I think Nicole May can go deliver a knockout blow for you too.
2: Yeah, and I think it would be different if Stanford was hitting Jordy, but they weren't. Jordy made those hitters very uncomfortable at the plate for Stanford, and she put up a zero spot against those Stanford hitters. So I wouldn't. It wouldn't change anything.
1: We are about an hour and 15 minutes away, probably a little bit after 11 o'clock when we first pitch this thing. Oklahoma Stanford, winner off to, well, winner for Oklahoma if they take game one off to the Women's College World Series Championship Series. Stanford's got to turn around and uh, beat Oklahoma twice, so win once and then they'd play uh, immediately after that. And then uh, opposite side of the bracket, you've got Florida State. Just one one away, and Tennessee looking to uh, beat the, the Knowles twice to get into the championship series. All of our Women's College World Series updates, sooner softball updates, they're brought to us by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries aren't convenient, but Orthostat is same-day orthopedic care. No appointment needed. Call Orthostat, 405-515-5575, or visit ouchorthostat.com to learn more. Bunch of responses from all of you out there on the text line. Uh, love it. Appreciate it. Let's share some of those with you next. Plus, thoughts from uh, the, the Sooners after they took care of business. I mean, uh, took care of business, put a whooping on Tennessee in a game that Connor, we sort of pointed to and said, okay, this is... win this one, and you're in the driver's seat to get to the championship series, but it won't be easy versus Tennessee. And, well... Oklahoma made it look easy. I don't know that it necessarily was easy. I thought it was going to be a good game. But well, we
2: didn't have that, no.
1: T.R.A. goes yard in the second, and then uh, another onslaught in the third offensively for Oklahoma. They uh, win it 9 to nothing. Let's hear the postgame thoughts next from the Sooners as we count you down to first pitch, Oklahoma-Stanford right here. It's the uh, home of Sooner fans, the Wrap, the Plank Show. This is your home for Sooner fans. Hour number one of the Plank Show. It's presented by Van Who's Fence, VHFence.com, 405-735-1167. That is Van Who's Fence, VHFence.com, presenting hour number one of the Plank Show. I've heard from Chris Plank. The pregame coach's interview with one head softball coach, Patty Gasso, is reportedly in the books. And uh, Plank will be back along shortly for for one more. He's got one more segment in the tank with us at the top of next hour. And then, obviously, he's uh, off to call Oklahoma-Stanford Sooners uh, a win, and they are back into the championship series finals. Bunch of uh, text messages from you. Uh, Let's see here. Jimmy and Duncan, let's start there. Meyer, Chevrolet, text line 405-651-3439. Don't forget, guys, Storako beat the brakes off UCLA earlier this year. She is certainly able to beat Stanford.
2: Yeah, we, have, we haven't been putting Storako really in that in that category with Jordy and Nicole May, just options you have on the mound. But is still a really good pitcher. She's certainly an option that you can have to throw.
1: Well, and I think it's just knee-jerk reaction to getting hit a little bit throughout the postseason so far. But based on what we've seen to date throughout this tournament run with Stanford, the numbers show this too. To me, even if Kennedy's incredible, probably you could go any which, whichever direction you want, we think, with... Jordy Ball with Nicole May with Alex DiRocco, and based on what we've seen offensively from Stanford, have a pretty good chance you'd think for Oklahoma's offense to outduel Stanford's offense behind whichever pitcher Oklahoma chooses.
2: That's the thing. Stanford's offense just really isn't that good. Jordy allowed uh five hits against Stanford. Stanford put up no runs. They a, a bunch of strikeouts too by Jordy Ball. Yeah, it just
1: it just feels like I, I will be very surprised if Stanford's able to uh, to win this game versus Oklahoma. Yeah,
2: there you go from the 9 one All four of our pitchers are good enough to beat a weak-hitting Stanford lineup. Well, we knew that coming in with Stanford because if you look at their offensive categories, they don't hit a lot of home runs throughout the regular season, and they don't really hit a bunch of extra base hits either.
1: Justin in Coweta. We can toss this along to Plank when he returns at the top of the hour. Over under on four Dingers today. That's well, you gotta give us the hook there. You gotta say three and a half or yeah, four a and half. a half because basically you're saying
2: we're gonna push they, if you hit four.
1: Right. And are you also saying like, <laughs> is Oklahoma gonna hit five home runs today? Yeah.
2: I would take the under. I'm taking the under. Yeah, we, we we didn't see one against Stanford. Maybe you'll see one or two today, but it's going to be very hard. How
1: about two and a half? Would you take the over on two and a half? Whew. I think I'd uh, still take
2: the yeah, under. Yeah, I'll still take the under.
1: Still take the under with, uh, with Kennedy for now.
2: Softball Steve says, Why do players and coaches cover their mouth when they have a discussion with each other during the timeout? I saw that with Utah. It was actually the Utah coach who – Took one of her players' gloves and covered it with her mouth while she was talking to them in the huddle. I guess some coaches just don't want the other team, like, catching what they're saying at the circle. From the 918, Storaco's
1: undefeated with four top ten wins, a sub 1.0 ERA, number one pick in the pros. So, yeah, there you have it. It's It would not be a bad decision if you go with uh, either Nicole May or Storaco. How about Coach Gasso? What were the opening remarks after the win over Tennessee? Well, it sounded a little bit like this. Extremely proud of this team and the way they played. Pretty flawless and uh, attacking offensively. Pitching staff, all of them on point. Really wanted to give everybody an opportunity to get on the mound and they ran with it. Defense on point. I mean, everything was exactly the way we hoped it would be and very proud of this team and we're really stepping forward getting the
2: day off getting to recover is really important
1: so they do they they did get uh said day off brian and tulsa you gotta think tra gets a birthday dinger today right happy birthday happy birthday yeah that would be nice if she can get one today 21 years old is that what uh, i heard plank say earlier she is 21 I don't know. You, you don't, <laughs> don't, don't talk know. about don't a woman's know. age, Connor. Come no, on, you, you know don't. better than no, that. No, you don't. <laughs> That's uh, BFC has a theory on why uh, <laughs> softball coaches have uh, not been wanting you to read their lips. Uh, let's see. All four of our pitchers are good enough to beat a weak hitting yeah. Stanford lineup. That's from the nine one eight. Yeah, whichever direction Oklahoma goes, like I said, I just don't think there's a wrong decision for Oklahoma in this thing. But it'll be curious to see which uh, buttons Coach Patty Gasso and uh, Jim Rocha, which buttons they want to press to start. The uh, challenge, though, will be for Oklahoma's hitters against Kennedy. Don't don't make it wait until the fifth inning. Go go attack Do it early. right away. Or do you take that similar approach, take some pitches and – I don't know. That battle is going to be fascinating today. That's it for hour number one. Plank's back with us for one more next...